0: Way in the water, Way
1: in the water, children. Way. She can be described in so many ways based on her accomplishments. Lawyer? Check. Philanthropist? Check. Devoted mother? Check. Swimmer? Well,. As much as it is her story, that of a determined woman deciding to use her quarantine time to conquer one more challenge, it's also to our story as a collective, the way that it has defined our time in America. Water. 71% of the world, the foundation of technological advancement by the ancient Egyptians along the Nile. Water the route of the Triangle Trade, the saltwater superhighway that shipped the enslaved from Africa to the Americas. Water, the gulf that Harriet Tubman used, at times, to help free those considered property, but knew otherwise. Water, 60% of our bodies, the foundation of our physicality, besides skin and bone. Water, the essential solution of spiritual cleansing, a baptism by lake or river. Water, once flowing free, now captured as a commodity to be bought and sold just like the slaves that once passed along its surface. Today, we talk to lawyer, philanthropist, and swimming student, Erica Harden Gibson, to hear her story of learning to swim as an adult. We'll also examine the strained history of African-Americans, and swimming. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pestmasters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters. And now all the way live from the south side of Chicago. Give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. It all starts with water. Once upon a time, there was a huge island surrounded by water. It separated into large continents separated by water, the Pacific, the Atlantic. The first people advanced civilization when they settled by water, the Nile. If you believe, man led his people to freedom when he parted the water. Once upon a time, there was a people who lived on a large continent surrounded by water, the Atlantic, the Indian. They were separated, kidnapped, stolen, separated by water, the Atlantic, the Caribbean, brought to a different place with different water, the Chesapeake Bay, the James River. If you know, a woman led her people to freedom when they waded in the water, the Mississippi. God is gonna trouble these waters. In the 1950s, just as there were sit-ins to desegregate department store lunch counters, there were wade-ins in so-called whites-only public pools. In Lynchburg, Virginia, White city leaders drained their pools and filled them up with dirt and grass rather than have integrated swimming in public parks. In Chicago, more than 100 years ago, a black teen was stoned by white swimmers off the shore of Lake Michigan. The teen drowned. Officials said he wasn't supposed to be there. He should have known that Chicago beaches were unofficially segregated. The refusal by police to arrest the teen killers sparked what was known as the Red Summer of 1919. Historians note that Red Summer ended with 38 deaths and more than a thousand black families having their homes torched by white supremacist rioters. When segregation was legal, blacks were kept out of pools by law. But when segregation became illegal, Blacks were forced out of pools by violence. This is where stories of black ingenuity emerge from troubled waters. In 2010, the nation's first African-American swim club was underwater financially, that is. They declared bankruptcy. Outside of Philadelphia, the Nile Swim Club formed 61 years ago in Yeadon to provide a safe place for African Americans to swim. After two black families were denied entry into a white swim club, the club founders founded a 501c3, purchased land, and created a haven for black life in the community. And it didn't hurt that a certain fresh prince would sometimes DJ at the Nile Swim Club in the summertime. From May to September, the club advocated water safety, all the while as their operating budget and property taxes rose like a tsunami heading to shore. Finally, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, this year, two African-American entrepreneurs who grew up swimming at the Nile, donated nearly $150,000 to cover the club's outstanding property tax bills. Businessman Mike Pearson, told reporter Ryan Persinger of the Enquirer that the Nile Swim Club, beginning, quote, was iconic to me, as well as others growing up because it was the first to be a Black-owned anything. It was the epicenter for a lot of the socializing for the folks in our neighborhood, end quote. Despite the best efforts of so many local groups like a Nile Swim Club and projects from national groups like the U.S. Swimming Water safety continues to represent a stark racial divide in America. She dove into the water as a competitor. She emerged as a champion. At the 2016 Summer Olympic Games in Rio, Simone Ashley Manuel won the gold medal in the 100-meter freestyle. Manuel became the first African-American woman to win gold in Olympic swimming, ever. And Manuel is still dominating in the pool. She is the Flojo of the Liquid Lanes. In 2019, Manuel swept the 50 and the 100-meter freestyles at the World Championships in South Korea. Manuel was ready for the 2020 Olympics, however the Olympic Games deferred due to COVID-19 to 2021. Ironically, the same pandemic that postponed Manuel's entry into the pool has increased the number of African-Americans from the famous celebrities to our circle of friends who are learning to swim. According to a recent Yahoo Sports article by Jennifer Starks, beginning, quote, A 2017 survey by the University of Memphis and the U.S. Swimming Foundation found that 64% of black children and 45% of Hispanic and Latino children have little or no swimming ability compared to 40% of white children, end quote. Further, the survey found that if a parent can't swim the child has only a 13% chance of learning, research shows. It's not about poverty or wealth. It's about race. In fact, to this day, some affluent African-Americans have homes with pools despite not being able to swim. I actually learned to swim. I'd never, ever learned to swim. It's pathetic because I actually owned houses with pools for the last 17 years never been able to swim and my kids swim you know all the time and when you can't swim and you're around people that can swim it's like watching people fly you can't even believe it you're like wow look at the go though i live near one of the five great lakes and a few miles from rainbow beach and other sandy shores it was my first trip to california in the 1980s that formed my first memories of what it meant not knowing how to swim. My great-aunt, Retha, had a beautiful home just outside of South Central Los Angeles. We were all gathering to celebrate my great-grandmother Caroline's 96th birthday. I was a teenager at the time, walking around the edge of my great-aunt's swimming pool and watching my Californian cousins dive in and swim. I remember thinking, I can place my feet in the water and just sit on the edge. But as I was taking off my shoes, my mom came from behind into the medium-sized backyard and said, don't you remember? You can't swim in the water, it has chlorine. Since I was a baby, I suffered from eczema, a skin disorder. In fact, as I'm talking to you now, my skin on my legs are badly scarred, not from swimming, but from stress. I always listened to my mom and followed her advice, so hearing chlorine, even touching my feet would be harmful. In high school, my mom wrote a note to the gym teacher to excuse me from swimming in gym class. I felt excluded and alone as my high school friends were learning and enjoying swimming classes. I wanted to swim, but I wasn't allowed. Don't you know how to swim? I wanted to lie and say, yes, but I don't want to mess up my hair. But I didn't. I told the truth. Isn't the truth supposed to set you free? I was in Daytona Beach. One of my close friends, who is Trinidadian, invited me to her mom's place. Out in the back was this beautiful pool. I remember my mom's warning about the chlorine in the water So I sat on the edge of happiness, cheering on those who could do something that I wasn't allowed to do. I tried to hide my sadness. That's when she asked if I could swim again. This time, I couldn't avoid her question as she waited for my answer. I don't know how, I confessed. And without missing a beat, she said, well, girl, it's time to learn. I'll teach you. I explained the fear of chlorine my mom placed inside of me all those years ago. All you have to do is take a shower with soap right after you swim. The shower will take the chlorine off your skin, then moisturize. I smiled and started to float. That was 20 years ago. My head is still above water. I want you to keep your head above water too. If there is a gift you can give to yourself or the children around you, what better gift than to learn how to swim? Feeling comfortable around water has brought me a sense of happiness. Today, we dive in with the Executive Director at Vision to Rise Incorporated, Erica Harden Gibson. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pestmasters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters. And now, let's meet the Executive Director at Vision to Rise Incorporated, Erica Harden-Gibson. Hi, I'm Valerie Johnson and this is Interludes. And I'm excited to be with a young lady who is the executive director at Vision to Rise Inc. And she is a founder and executive director at Girls Gift Inc. She's also a North Central alum. That's where we met, okay, so many years ago. We won't state. Welcome, Erica (laughs) Harden-Gibson. Thank you. My pleasure. How are
0: you? I'm doing well. It's, it's so exciting to see you. Uh, we spent a lot of time together all those years ago, even doing in Vogue renditions. Remember that? <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, glad to see your face. You haven't aged a bit. And uh, no, you haven't. Thank and you. so I'm excited to see you. Glad to talk with you. Um, beyond what, what the issues are of today, I'm just happy to see you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so very much. And I definitely want to talk to you about a topic that a lot of folks don't talk about, which is swimming. Mm. Um, <laughs> I-, <laughs> I love well, that
0: connection there.
1: <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <It> <laughs> there's swimming. a lot going on, but we're <laughs> going to talk about swimming because I'm, I'm discovering that there's, um, there's things that happen no matter what it is that comes out yeah. regarding, yeah. Um, I found out in buying a home there's racism mm-hmm. in trying to you know go up in corporate america obviously listen girl these- i'm just going to make
0: this easy for you it's yeah. a whole bunch of black folks that can't swim i'm <laughs> one of them and mm-hmm. i think it's pretty simple we didn't have the exposure growing up you know i my family's from mississippi we moved from mississippi to chicago it wasn't like you had swimming pools in the neighborhood Um, you know, especially in Mississippi, you didn't really, you were barely um, integrated, right? And uh, then when you moved to Chicago, you moved north for better opportunities and all of that. But a lot of times our neighborhoods didn't have facilities where we could swim. Um, I do remember my mom uh, sending me to swim lessons at, maybe it was a YMCA, I'm not sure. It was something like that. Okay. And it didn't go well. Um, the instructor wasn't really equipped to teach people to swim. And he thought that we could jump in. And um, that was the start of, of um, us being able to swim. It didn't work for me. I couldn't swim. So when I jumped in, I went under. And um, it was very difficult after that to get me to even try. Um, you know, it's not like you have parents who could swim. It just was another one of those things where the systemic racism that has plagued us, it touches us in so many areas. And so I think now you see a generation of uh, African-American kids that can swim and they're on swim teams. And that's because we, didn't, we, we weren't able to do it. And so we vowed to ourselves that the things that we didn't have, much like the generation before us, the things that we didn't have access to, we were going to make sure our kids have it. So, you know, all of my kids can swim, but I can't. You know, I'm the person who we go on vacation, I kind of sit on the sideline, I, don't, you know, want to get my hair messed up, you know, all of that. And I just didn't even try because I was terrified of the water, having had that experience so long ago. So like so many people, it stuck with me. And here I am, 48 years old, and just realizing that this, there's no reason for this. I have to learn.
1: Wow, it, what advice would do you have for mom and dads who may be hesitant about learning to swim or getting their children to learn how to swim?
0: Um, for our children, you have to because now we have access. Right, there are plenty of programs out there that are designed to help Black kids learn how to swim, mm-hmm. and so even if you can't afford to do it, there are programs that you can even do it for free, or you can and do it at minimal cost. So we just have to put our personal fears and experiences aside, leave it to the professionals, make sure they are professionals, and, uh, and send your kids to learn. Uh, once they learn, they're, gonna get, they're going to want you in the water. And so that's what I found with my kids. And you know, for the longest time I fought it and finally realized I really couldn't fight anymore.
1: When did you eventually learn how to swim?
0: I haven't learned. I'm in lessons now. Wow. <laughs> I'm in lessons now. Um, interesting story. So um, I came home to Chicago. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. In March, beginning of March, my sister had um, breast cancer. Okay. And um, I came home to see her. My mom told me she wasn't doing well. So mm-hmm. election day, primary day. I came in to Chicago. I spent a day and a half um, there with my sister. came back to Charlotte. A couple days later, started feeling sick, and I got COVID. I had COVID. Um, About uh, less than a week later, there was a news article that came out that 12 nurses at the University of Illinois and Chicago Hospital had tested positive for COVID. And, of course, that's where my sister was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm assuming that that's where I got it. And um, it was rough. It was really, really rough. Rough on my husband and I both had it. And um, it's nothing like being in a situation where you don't know if you're going to be around, like it's bad,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: to, to help you to prioritize things. So prioritize things in terms of material things, in terms of relationships, like who's in your life just because they're there and they're not really adding value. And I think that's right. important. When I say adding value, you, know, you can't always be the one that's feeding everyone else, which a lot of time I feel like times I feel like I am Mm -hmm. Um, you know who's there to help you when you're down and so I think that having COVID as awful as COVID was and is um, it really forced me to prioritize uh, relationships um, things uh, situations environments that we put ourselves in Um, Mm -hmm. and it also makes you take a really good look at yourself and all the things you say you wanted to do you haven't done and COVID was one of those. Um, we had a situation where, because we were isolated, we couldn't come out of the room. So I have three daughters, and they pretty much were caring for us and leaving our food outside of the um, the door. And we had this little balcony outside of our bedroom that we never used—outdoor um, balcony, patio—and um, we bought a fixer-upper, so we hadn't gotten to the patio or the backyard, and it was just really kind of gross out there. And <laughs> During COVID, we were like really, you know, getting, the walls were closing in because we were in there for a month or more. And um, I said, well, you know, maybe we can go out on the patio. We had a little bistro table there. It hadn't been cleaned since we moved there because we weren't using it. Wiped it down. And we sat out there and it was like, wow. You know, just looking around and you had a different appreciation, Right. So right. we're sitting there and um, I was like, you know what, when when we get through this, praying to God that we do, it's, some things are going to change. Like We need to focus a little bit more. We're so busy going and doing that we hadn't focused on our home, you know, our real personal space and like we're going to make this, um, this home a home, this house a home. We're mm-hmm. going to um, live in every single corner of it. We're going to fix this backyard and You know, just things that we had put on the back burner, um, we moved to the top of our list. And one of the things is that my husband and my youngest daughter wanted a pool. And so there it happened, right? You're like, ah, so we get this pool. (laughs) I
1: can't (laughs) swim. Oh, no.
0: So I'm like, you know what? Let's get the pool. Let's do it. And um, let me just, you know, get in there. And I was talking to my hairstylist, and you know how this is, Black women and their hairstylists. That's right. You know, she's my She's my good friend, all of that. And it turns out she had just learned to swim um, by a woman who specialized in teaching adults. And good. so um, mm-hmm. I went and for very nervous, afraid, felt timid, weak, like all of that. And I'm telling you, the anxiety that I feel and felt going into swim lessons is like... You know, like nothing I'd ever felt because, you know, um, especially growing up for me in Chicago, west side of Chicago, you just have a hustle about you. You can kind of make it through anything. Mm -mm, This was not like that. Um, I had to figure out, I had to dig deep, you know, and and say, now what would you tell your kids right now? Suck it up and do it. And so that's pretty much what I did. And I'm telling you on my drive there, she she lives about 30 minutes from me. And on my drive there, I can think of a thousand reasons why I shouldn't go, <laughs> right? I hate, like all these little thoughts are in your head. Like, well, I have this. Am I going to have time for this today? And I have this interview with Valerie. And so maybe I should cancel today. Like <laughs> all these different things. And I'm like, oh my God, you are such a wimp right now. Like get yourself together, Erica. Like I had to be that voice in my own head. And I didn't want to hear it from anyone else. because My husband's been telling me that forever. But you know, you don't always want to hear stuff from your husband. And <laughs> so um, I I talked myself into it, pumped myself up. And uh, with my stylist, Shastity's help, um, I went in and I just keep going. And every day it gets a little bit better. So, um, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take me, but at least I'm more comfortable in the water. I'm actually getting in. I'm floating. I'm getting under. I'm doing my breathing. I'm underwater for, I think, I'm at about eight seconds now where I can stay under and without freaking out. Um, so I'm making progress, yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's, it's weird. I was recently watching an interview with Chris Rock, and he was saying mm-hmm. one of the skills he learned over this time of quarantine was learning how to swim. And wow. he said sometimes it felt like he was flying eventually when mm-hmm. he got, got used to it. So you, do you feel that
0: Mm-mm. he will no. eventually
1: get- I'm not flying. To-
0: More power to you, Chris Rock, but um, for me, this is my truth, right? Um, I'm not flying yet, but I am flying mentally in the sense that um, I feel like I'm, I'm tackling something that was a huge fear, and just because I'm 48 years old doesn't mean that I can't try something new. I can't push myself to the same limits that I'm pushing my kids to, right? so um in that sense i am flying i'm feeling like i can do more like you know you got this erica um the the conversations that i've had with myself over the last few months are pretty amazing excellent Uh, you know so in that sense i guess i am uh flying but in the water no i'm nervous as all heck i'm like okay stay close to me you know she's like you got this you're doing it by yourself you don't need me here and i'm like yeah yeah no you can't go yet you know and um every lesson i get a little more confident and um it's interesting too because we i haven't gone to her and because i was going to her i realized that with my younger daughter that although she was swimming very well i noticed because i was now learning that her breathing wasn't what it should be so um my coach said well i'll come in for a couple days and just work with her just on breathing and she came to the house and i gotta tell you too Like that was probably one of my best lessons because sometimes we're okay with disappointing ourselves, but we never want to disappoint our kids. And Mm. so, you know, my daughters were, and my husband too, were excited. Like, okay, like, look at you, you're doing this. I'm so proud of you. And it was interesting how sometimes as women, um, you know, you need an accountability partner. Sometimes just having someone there to encourage you um, and to not let you talk yourself out of something is a good thing. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to have positive people in your space um, that are always, they wanna see you do better. You, know? you don't wanna be the smartest people in your friend group. You don't want the smartest person in your friend group. You don't want to be um, the most adventurous. You don't wanna be the most anything in your, <laughs> in your friend group. You want people that are going to challenge you to new heights. And so, yeah, I've had some, some, some interesting thoughts and conversations um, over the last few months.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing about your experiences with swimming. Have we wet your appetite to learn to swim? If so, adult and youth swim lessons begin November 2nd, at the Ray and Joan Crocs Corp Core Community Center on the far south side of Chicago. Swim programs at the Crocs Center Chicago use American Red Cross certified instructors. Find out more about learning to swim at the thecroccenterschicago.com or call 773-995-3354. For additional resources and access to programs at public pools, contact the Chicago Park District at area code 773-363-2225. Next time on Interludes. Anyone to me that would deny history is on the wrong side of history. Anyone to me that would deny education is a problem. I think, as we all know, that if we don't know our history, we are bound to repeat it political science professor, author, and playwright, Ted Williams III. Next time on Interludes. (laughs) Interludes. Original concept by Valerie Johnson. Written and produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Song intro and outro produced by Kendall Nesbitt interludes a pure lighthouse production brought to you by a1 pest masters for all your pest control and exterminating needs call a1 pest masters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com